Episode 144, The Danger in Instructional Shortcuts. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators, it's Gretchen here of Always a Lesson. I'm loving that you keep coming back for more and more episodes. Uh, I refer to you as elite. I think that really describes someone who takes the time to perfect their craft. And as you know, podcasts are just a great professional development opportunity. So I'm honored that you value this show enough to learn with me every week. And I've learned another lesson, actually a huge life lesson, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's talk about the danger in taking a shortcut in our instruction that leads to misinformation in our approach to reaching kids. Are you ready to reignite your passion and potential? Here we go. I love sharing with you the background for where I get ideas for what I want to talk with you about. And this week is kind of one of those vulnerable times because something happened recently That really stopped me in my tracks, made me realize how human I was, (laughs) meaning how imperfect I was, but how important it is to change the way I'm thinking in terms of my students. Um, And so hang in for the story and then I'll wrap it back around of how we can apply this into our classrooms and making sure we're holding ourselves accountable to not fall into this trap. That's why I'm calling it the danger in the shortcut. So I'll explain what that means in a second. And bear with me, I'm trying to get over a cold. Darn those kiddos, they've got so many germs and they love sharing them with us. So (laughs) I'm doing my best to rest this weekend and get all my energy back to be in full swing Monday morning. Something hit me hard this week. I'm chomping at the bit to tell you about it. I recently had the pleasure of presenting at an elementary conference here in Greensboro, North Carolina with an old colleague of mine. And anytime I present to adults, Anxiety just creeps up because they can sometimes be worse listeners than students themselves, especially teacher adults. I mean, I've been one of those before, so I know. I mean, playing on technology or doodling or chatting with their seat pair, um, whatever. Well, I'm happy to report that this particular audience in my session was not like that. Phew. Uh, They listened attentively. I'll give them that. So intentively, in fact, they didn't move much. (laughs) No head nodding, no smiling, no note taking, no questions, nothing. I mean, I learned that a quiet audience is much more frightening than an inattentive one because it's hard not to take a lack of reaction personally, especially when you're pouring your heart and energy and time into something. And my colleague and I are just so passionate about quality teaching and we love helping teachers like up their ante in the classroom. And so we were just stoked to deliver this fun, informative session In case you're wondering, because I know you're thinking to yourself, God, I'm dying to know what they were talking about. Our session title was The Learning Zone, No Hogs Allowed. It's a pretty fun and creative title, I think. I'd definitely sign up to go to that session. Well, anyway, we all have students that hog all of the learning time, creating a lack of opportunity for other students to gain the skills and proficiency. So by planning for and requiring participation by 100% of the students, 100% of the time, 
student achievement and teacher effectiveness soar. And so we were teaching teachers ways to do this, you know, sharing helpful books and sharing video clips and building in plenty of time for application and collaboration with peers. But even with a great topic and thoroughly planned session, it was like the audience was frozen. No reaction, no ahas, nothing. And I felt the wind leaving my sails like at a rapid rate. I couldn't figure out why. Well, being lovers of feedback, my colleague and I walked back to our cars afterwards, debriefing the ins and the outs of what just occurred. And let me tell you, by this point, I was discouraged. I was on the verge of being mad because I had to get a babysitter to watch my daughter and drive two hours to Greensboro and two hours back. So before I even got to work with any teachers, I was already four hours into the financial hole. And now as a presenter, I got to attend the conference for free, which is a huge perk considering it's a three-day-long conference. But due to being a mommy and the long commute, I just literally had to be in and out. I didn't even get to take advantage of that. Plus, did I mention presenting at this conference was pro bono? I mean, you know, out of the goodness of my heart. So I was feeling defeated thinking about all these logistical selfish pieces, um, knowing all the sacrifices I was making to participate in this hour-long fantastic learning experience. And I know you understand you've given your blood, sweat, and tears to a lesson and it flopped or so you thought. So I certainly thought this was a dud, and my colleague did as well, until we started talking. See, when one of us was presenting, the other one was out walking around engaging with the teachers, and then when it came time for some independent work time, we engaged fully. You know, we pulled up our sleeves to help teachers figure out how to apply the tips to their instruction, and it turned out that we were able to check in with different folks. We never really got the same data points back from the same person. She was able to get a wide variety of people. I was able to get a wide variety of people. So when we put that information together, evidence as you call it, we realized how wrong we'd been about our first impression or the assumption about the impact of this session. And you see, assumptions are fuzzy and inaccurate. They lack that clarity and depth And I learned a valuable lesson. Don't come to a conclusion based on false evidence. Many folks ended up showing signs of getting something out of the session, like taking photos of the anchor charts we made and taking pictures of the books we suggested or taking pictures of the PowerPoint slides. I mean, some took some seriously detailed notes. Some even had great takeaways about how to change their current instruction the very next day to incorporate what they learned. And we got to brainstorm specific ways in how to do that in their literacy block. But there was one person, and she was quite the diamond in the rough in terms of my assumption. And I say that because once I realized beyond that rough exterior of what I was trying to interpret, there was the diamond. This is pretty amazing. So I thought from afar one thing, and it turned out to be a completely different scenario up close. She is the reason for this podcast episode without even knowing it. And I feel guilty, but I know I'm only human for my assumption, but now I'm armed to do better going forward. During our session, she was rapidly typing on her computer. Sitting in the last row, I assumed, you know, she just wanted a place to go to get caught up on the work, wasn't really invested in the session. I don't even think she looked up one time. And when I was circulating, I would walk behind her out of curiosity about, you know, the importance and the intense concentration of whatever she was working on. And what I saw, I couldn't even really make sense out of. It was almost like a lot of chat 
boxes, but not a program I recognized. And then there was like all these other documents open behind one another, like all different sizes. I had zero idea what was happening. <laughs> like there was a lot going on and I knew nothing about it. So I just continued my session, chalking it up to she just not being into this topic or us or the conference, whatever. And she also seemed to have like this terrible cold. And so I assumed she was just down and out. Like she was trying to make it through her day. Well, I couldn't have been more wrong. So my colleague had the chance to chat with her at some point during our session. And it turns out she teaches in an online program or school. And she was so excited about one particular strategy that we had been discussing in regards to circulating and monitoring student engagement. And she had a co-teacher she works with and immediately began brainstorming ideas for how to implement this new strategy into their instruction and the way they design their classroom experience. And so when I heard this from my colleague, my jaw dropped. I mean, it about hit the floor. I couldn't believe all of that was going on behind what I thought was disengagement. My assumption gave me a false takeaway. I thought I had lost one. I thought I had missed reaching one. I thought I had failed one. Well, however, the truth was I had gained one. I actually gained one who was probably going to implement our tips and ideas better than anyone in the room that day. I failed her and myself because of the shortcut I was taking. And there in itself is the danger. I assumed she'd never get it, didn't want to get it, and didn't plan to use it. Well, if I didn't have my colleague's information, I would have responded and reacted very differently had I seen her again in a session, just like you would see your student the next day in the classroom. And we've got to be careful to not take student behavior at face value because many times they're not taking notes and it's because they need to listen first to digest the information before they can put it to paper. Or sometimes they need to chat with a peer because it helps process the information even though you've asked them to remain quiet. You know, our students don't learn the way we learn and vice versa. We've got to stop imposing our own learning styles onto others and worse, we can't look at a situation and make a snap judgment thinking we have the full picture. Assumptions are shortcuts that lead to dead ends, and nothing good comes of that ever. It's a danger to our progress in creating these safe climates and tight-knit communities for our learners. So as instructional leaders in our classroom, we can't take the easy way out and assume things about our kids. You know, we've got to dig deeper by getting out and talking to the folks in our session. I learned so much more about the depth of their understanding as well as how they plan to implement these strategies. I wasn't getting any of that information by scanning or circulating or even just asking questions and comments. So one-on-one -on -one conversations about how a learner learns and what they need going further will really unveil a whole heck of a lot of that information, which is going to be a game changer in how you, the teacher, design your instruction and how it flows going forward. So just ask students to retell information to gauge their understanding or have students produce some sort of work sample to showcase their application in the material, um, incorporate peer discussions. Really, any strategy is going to work here that's going to allow students to provide you feedback on how things are going for them as a learner. Just avoid any moment where you make a judgment without student input in some form or fashion. Because had I not taken the time to go out and chat with folks and then come back and collaborate with a colleague, I had would have missed all of that helpful data in terms of how I could plan and adjust my instruction for further sessions or to end the session. So it's really important that we don't just talk at kids and assume this one gets it, this one doesn't, 
or looking at their body language and making assumptions based on that, we really have to dig in and give them the opportunity to tell us or show us how things are going. And even further than that, tell us, what do you need from me now? That's what happened with that one girl who I said, how can I help you make this a game changer in your classroom tomorrow? She's like, well, I've got this book club group. And I think some of these strategies are really going to work. And right there, I knew her wheels are spinning. But had I just let her leave then, she probably would have struggled with the action plan. Okay, what am I going to do tomorrow differently? It was a great idea. It's like you go to that conference, you're really inspired, but then it stops. You never get to implement it because you need some help in terms of action steps. What am I going to actually do tomorrow? And so sitting there saying, okay, how can we pass that ownership to kids? How can we get them more involved, more kids involved, more of the time? Uh, She came up with some great ideas. I threw back some scenario ideas. Together, we created this plan of really passing the ownership with discussion prompts and having them on pieces of paper. And instead of she asking, even though she's playing this lesson and playing the prompts of saying what the questions are to keep the discussion moving about the book, she's passing them to students to read them aloud. Students are asking each other to expand on that or give text evidence. So there's different ways to set up and structure your learning block so that you're passing the baton. And yes, it takes time to establish this. And yes, it takes a long time to create the routine. And you've really got to be thoroughly planned to know how you want it to go. But at the end of the day, the kids are doing the learning, which is what's supposed to be happening. And so I think working together was the game changer for her. And so again, like take the time to dig in deeper with your kids. Stop by the desk, talk one-on-one, say, how's it going? What are you getting? What are you struggling with? What do you need from me? How can I help this make more sense for you? And some kids say, I just need more practice. Or some kids say, I need to understand what this looks like in this type of problem or this type of scenario, or I just need to talk about it, or I want to see more examples, or I want to see it live. You know, maybe we've got a video to show, whatever it is, but allow them to express to you like, hey, let's pause and get a pulse check on what's going on, but gather good evidence, not just body language of how it's going. So I bet you're listening to my story about imperfect humanness <laughs> and you can relate about some moment in your career where you realized you were terribly wrong and probably if you're like me, you wasted precious time and emotional energy on these false facts. <laughs> That's the worst. So make a vow to avoid this danger zone and look past facades or the face value of things. Really dig in deeper to know more about what's really going on. Then and only then should you expend the energy and the time on a solution. Your kids deserve a teacher who doesn't take shortcuts and makes assumptions about them. They'll work harder and longer for a teacher that's dedicated to getting the up-to-date facts on their learners. No matter how long or intense this process is going to be for the teacher, it's really the most important thing to do for your students. So take the high road, take the long road. It's a journey to help kids develop into greatness, and it's our honor as educators to accompany them on this long trip as a learner. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on the danger and taking misinformed shortcuts in our classroom instruction. Now go out and be great, because you've just been empowered. This podcast is a member of the Education Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. 
Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details. 